the worship team. How many appreciate Pastor Jason even though he's old? We've been looking into this new series that we began a couple of weeks ago called Remarkable. It's a journey that we are taking through the Gospel of Mark. And this morning, our next stop in the journey is found in chapter 3 of the Gospel of Mark. We're going to read the first six verses. So I'll just give you a moment. You can open your Bibles to that, uh, whether it's on your smartphone or, or whether you have a, a real Bible like I have. Just a little, little thoughts. See, only a few people pick that one up. Verse 1, Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemy watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, come and stand in the front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. At once, the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot, to plot how to kill Jesus. Let's pray together. Gracious Father, we come before you now and we pray for your grace to abound, Father, in my life so that I'm able to speak everything you want me to speak the way you want me to speak it, Lord. And that your grace may abound to all of us that are listening, whether in this room or whether online, God, that we would hear everything that you want us to hear. I pray for faith to be birthed in all of our hearts so that we might respond to your word today in such a measure that your name would be honored and glorified. And in that precious name we pray, the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right. So we've just read now, Jesus uh, comes into uh, the synagogue one day, and in this synagogue, we have a man that the Bible tells us has a deformed hand. Some translations have withered hand, others have shriveled hand. Uh, then we have uh, the, these religious leaders that the Bible identifies as enemies or critics of Jesus. And the Lord asks this man to stand up uh, and he poses a question to, the, to these critics, these religious leaders and saying, is it uh, acceptable to do good on the Sabbath or not? Or to do evil? What is it the right thing to do on the Sabbath? And notice that they refused to answer him. It wasn't that they couldn't or didn't have an answer. 
but rather that they refused to answer the Lord and respond to his question. And as a result of that, uh, the Lord now, uh, because of their hard heart or stubborn refusal to answer, he was both angered and deeply saddened or grieved is another word for it. So he had these two emotions going on in the Lord's heart because of, of the stubbornness of these critics of his. And so he turns to the man and he commands him to stretch out this deformed hand. And as the man obeyed Jesus, he was miraculously healed in that moment. But then notice that these critics, these enemies of Jesus now are unhappy uh, and because he's now performed the miracle on the Sabbath. Uh, and so they go out, the Bible says, and now they meet with the supporters of Herod in order to plot how to kill Jesus. In other words, they decide we are going to get involved with politics now in order now to get at Jesus. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But let's make the connection for us, because that's our text. So let's look at what does God has to say to us? How does this thing apply to our lives today? Uh, well, let's look at uh, some uh, representation. The synagogue represents the place where God's people meet. So for, all, for our purposes, you can say that the synagogue represents a church building where God's people regularly gather. And... Uh, now we have this man with a deformed hand. Uh, let's look at the, the, the hand for a moment. There are two basic functions of the hand. It, uh, the first function is the ability to grasp. As I'm grasping this mic stand. See, that's the first function, of the basic function of the hand. The second function of the hand is to now do work, to follow the instructions that the mind gives us. So uh, if, if my mind says, hey, pick up this Bible and turn the pages, my hand accomplishes that work. So those are the two basic functions or abilities, if you will, that the hand has. Now, let's make the connection to us. We can be like the people who were in the synagogue that day. In fact, we are, as the people of God, those who have embraced Jesus Christ as our Savior, and we have turned away from our, our sins, and we've embraced Christ as our Savior, and, and I believe even we've followed the Lord's command to be water baptized. And now, as the people of God, we can be in the house. In fact, we can be faithfully coming to the house of the Lord on a regular basis, uh, looking to hear what God has to say, and yet we can have a deformed hand. And we're going to talk about the two basic aspects of what a deformed hand means to you and I here today, how, how it applies to our life. Number one, a deformed hand, listen, is the inability to grasp. And by grasp, I mean to spiritually understand. Now, listen to me now. Have you ever uttered these words? I just don't get it. In other words, have you ever been in that place where you're hearing, whether it's a teaching or preaching as is going on now, and you've been in church, and you hear God's word, but somewhere along the way, it just doesn't register. You just don't get it. 
Uh, it's not that you haven't heard. It's that you, ha you have, don't have the ability to grasp, to understand what that really means and how it can apply to your life. If that's you, you are not alone. In the Gospel of Luke, we find that after Jesus Christ had resurrected from the dead, the disciples were really distraught. They didn't recognize or realize what was going on and why Jesus had to suffer and die on the cross. Two of them are, are now on the road to a town called Emmaus, and as they're traveling on this uh, road, Jesus comes up to them and begins talking with them, but they don't recognize who he is. And he begins this conversation with them and actually talking about, from the scriptures, why the Messiah had to suffer and die. And as they get to the town finally, they, the two men turn to Jesus and ask him, to come into their home and to stay with them and have supper, which Jesus agrees to do. Again, they don't know it's Jesus. They don't have not recognized him. And so they sit down to eat, and now we'll pick up the account in, in Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 30. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, come on, everybody say suddenly with me. Their eyes were open, and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. Then they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? So notice, these two disciples are traveling with Jesus. He is talking to them from the scriptures as to why the Messiah had to die, and yet they failed to grasp. They failed to understand exactly what he was talking about. They failed to even recognize who he was. And, uh, and even when they came later on, they were saying, but, but even our hearts burned. In other words, something was going on inside as Jesus spoke the scriptures, but yet they still couldn't put it all together, you see. The truth of the matter is, all of the disciples were in that place. In the same chapter, look at verse 44 and 45. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Verse 45, here it is. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So notice again, these were the disciples. They were with Jesus for approximately three years. Three years of daily being with Jesus, hearing him speak the word of God, seeing all the miracles, and yet they, they, they were still some darkness. They still failed to grasp the significance of what his purpose and plan was, that he had to die for the sins of the world on the cross of Calvary. But three days later, he would rise from the dead. And now he's standing before them, before them after the resurrection, and they're still not able to fully grasp until he opened their mind so that he could understand the scriptures. 
I would submit to you, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, that we're all like the disciples here this morning. We're all in that place where there are times where we hear the message of God and may even move us somehow inside. Something begins to stir. But unless the Lord comes and opens up our understanding, we will never be able to grasp what God has purposed and planned, you see. Weekly. Monthly, yearly, coming to church faithfully, hearing the message. But it has to be God by his spirit to open up our understanding. Otherwise, we will fail to grasp, to understand. In other words, we'll have that deformed hand. So number one, a deformed hand is that inability to grasp, to spiritually understand. Secondly, it is the inability to do work. God created your hand and my hand to grasp and to do work, to carry out the instructions given to us by the brain, right? Are you with me so far? All right. I'm giving you, listen, you can call me Dr. Carlos this morning. I'm, I'm giving you the real deal here. So now... Again, how does that apply to us? Well, we need to be reminded this morning that the Lord created us, his people, to do work, to, to carry out his instructions. In fact, listen to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Notice, we are God's creation. We are not saved because we wanted to be saved, because we needed to be saved. We are saved. We are part of the people of God because he decided it to be so. Because by his grace and his mercy, he opened up our understanding when we begin to realize, now I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. Here is the Savior who died for me. And we embrace Christ as our Savior. And now we have been created by God to be the people of God. But notice that as the people of God, the purpose for which God created us is so that you and I will be his hand extended to this world. We are the hand of God in this world. In other words, God created us to do work. God created us to do work. One more time. God created us to do work. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him that. God created us to do work. It's work that God prepared in advance for us to do. So what does that mean to have a deformed hand? It means simply this, that although we're saved and although we find ourselves physically in the house of the Lord, faithfully coming, at the present time, for whatever reason, we're not working. We're not fulfilling the very purpose for which God created us. Let me put it to you this way. There are some in this room that God saved, created you for the specific purpose to work with children. 
to teach children, to instruct children. That's why you were created. Now, the problem comes where the deformed head comes in is if I'm not currently working with the children, fulfilling the very purpose why which God called me, then I have a deformed hand. I, I, I failed to do the work that God created me to do. Are you following what I'm talking about? And that, that, that holds for every, any aspect of ministry or work that we can talk about. We can talk about that some of you in this room are created by God to work in, in the media department. You have this innate ability created and put in you by God so that you know what all those numbers and, and knobs on the board means. It just comes and flows to you. But for whatever reason... You choose not to get involved and just choose to sit and enjoy. Again, I can tell you, while sitting and enjoying is wonderful, you don't want to be found with a deformed hand because you're not fulfilling the very purpose for which God created you. And may I add this? You can't run from what God's purpose for your life is. You can't say, well... I, I, I don't want to believe or I refuse to accept that God created me to work with children. I'd rather be an usher. Yeah, let me be an usher because that doesn't require as much from me. So I'll join uh, the ushers. Now, you can physically join the ushers, but that still doesn't mean that you are fulfilling God's purpose for your life. You can be an usher in disobedience. Oh, Yeah. I wonder, because God gave me this word, I wonder how many of us are coming to church faithfully, and this is not a question of whether you're saved or not, but you are living with a deformed hand because whether it's voluntarily or intentionally, you are not engaged currently in the very purpose for which God called you. you see. A deformed hand. There are precious men that give themselves over regularly to working in our parking lot ministry. You're a parking lot ministry guy. Come on, stand up. I want to acknowledge you. Come on, parking lot ministry. Are they all in the parking lot? Come on, there's some here. All right. Yeah, they all are. Yeah. Now, thank you, guys. Does that sound like a big to-do to you? It is. But first of all, the reason why I had them stand up and appreciate them, not that they're more uh, important than any other ministry. Every ministry is important. But I just wanted to highlight them because they're out there in the heat of the summer. They're out there in the cold of the winter. They're out there in the rain and the sleet and all of that kind of stuff. And their sole purpose is to try to make it as convenient as possible to get in as many cars into the parking lot as we can. And then afterwards, at the end of the service, while a lot of us are fellowshipping, they're back out there making traffic flow out as smoothly as possible. You see, Also that they can fulfill God's purpose in their life. You see, we're not talking about uh, whether some people look at ministry as well as singing on the platform and, and then there's teaching children. But it, it, the issue is not what you're doing as far as how complex it is and all of that kind of stuff. It's simply this. Is this what God has purposed and planned for my life? 
If that's what God has called and planned for my life, if I'm fulfilling that, I'm bringing glory and honor to God, you see. Regardless of what it, whether God's called you to hold babies in the nursery, whether God's called you to be part of the maintenance crew and cleaning the church, all of those aspects are precious in God's sight. They're part of God's purpose for you and I. Are you following what I'm talking about this morning, you see? Now, let me just digress for a moment because I feel that I really need to touch on this before we get to prayer. I want you to notice from our text that religion is a critic of Jesus. Religion is an enemy of Jesus. Why is that, Pastor? Listen, religion, and, and when I classes talk about religion, I'm talking about rules and regulation. Religion is focused on one thing and one thing alone. All the rules and regulations have to be followed. Its focus is not on the restoration of lies. That's the big difference. The, 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 the Pharisees and these religious leaders, they could care less about the man with the deformed hand. They wanted to make sure that the rules were followed. And if we're not careful, there are times where we can get this religious spirit in church where we want to make sure that everything is followed according to the rules and our focus isn't on our lives being changed for Jesus. Are people's lives being restored? Who cares about rules and regulations? We're not here about rules and regulations. We're here to be used by God, to be his hand extended to help restore lives to his honor and glory. Would you say amen to that? All right. Now, it's important we recognize that when we have this religious spirit, it both angers and deeply saddens God because we lose his very heart, which is the restoration of lives. Not only that, but did you notice who did they go out to collaborate with. The people who were supporters of Herod, the king, which speaks to politics. I want you to hear a pastor's heart this morning. Be careful about politics. We live in such a world that now people are being asked to pick a side, to choose whether you're going to go to the left or to the right. And each side is, is belittling the other. That should never be in the case of God's people. We are not called to be politically correct. We are called to be biblically correct. You say, listen to me now. I thank God for social media. It can be a great platform for the gospel. But listen to me, it could also be a terrible platform for the gospel. When God's people start tearing people down rather than building them up, it ceases to be a platform for the good of the gospel. And now people, uh, unbelievers who are your friends or family, they're looking at it. Look at these Christians. They're at one another and they're at other people and pull, tearing people down. We become like the religious leaders who are not interested in the restoration of lives. All we're interested in, we've got to be right. We've got to get the rules. We've got to get the red. This is what we've got to do. When you read the Gospels, 
Jesus never lost track of what the focus of the heart of God was. And that was people and restoring lives. And we never, ever tear down one life to try to restore another. Leave all of that stuff to God. Let God decide who, the Bible teaches us, it's God who decides who's on the throne. It's God who decides who's going to be president, vice president, governor, all that other kind of stuff. I, I just want you to hear my heart. Be careful that you don't fall into the trap that like the religious leaders, you all of a sudden now join forces with politics in an effort to destroy Jesus. Be careful. Worship team, if you would come. We're talking this morning about having a deformed hand. Being in church, having Christ in our hearts, and yet, either one or two things are happening. Maybe we're, we're failing. To, you don't have the ability to grasp what's going on spiritually. We hear messages week after week, and it just doesn't compute. It just doesn't register for us. Even if there's a place where there's something going on, like the, the burning in our hearts when you hear, you know that something is going on, but you can't put it all together. And today, the way he visited that synagogue, the Spirit of the Lord is here today, prepared to open up our understanding so that you and I can grasp what God has purposed and planned for our life. So that number two, we don't have this deformed hand where we don't have the ability to work at fulfilling God's purpose for our life. It's my desire to see every single one of us fulfill God's purpose and plan. Finding out. And that's where sometimes, by the way, that's where sometimes we get this uh, failing to understand, to grasp. We don't recognize. We can't see. What is it that God has purposed and planned for our life? A very common question I often get asked is, how do you know what God wants you to do? How do you figure out God's will for your life? Well, the first step is ask him to open up your understanding. Because God can speak in a moment what you're supposed to do. God can orchestrate your life and will orchestrate your life where all of a sudden you see clearly the path that you are to walk in. And whenever you and I walk in the very center of the path that God has for us, we're fulfilling his purpose. Today, it may be that God wants you to get involved with the youth. I know that they uh, test every little bit of patience that you have. You don't have much of the fruit of patience. It's that little bit of fruit, and they just come and pluck it right out of you. I understand that. I mean, that happens to me with the youth pastor. I, I, I plucks my patience. I, I get that. I get that. But isn't that sometimes why God puts us there? To show us, you can't do this without me. Even if I reveal to you what your purpose is, you still need my power to do it. This is not about you doing my work without my power. It's about you submitting to me and recognizing. You see, some of us, we get confused in the sense that, well, I, God can't want me to work with children because I don't have a clue as to what to do with children. And God is saying, I know. 
That's why I put you there, because I want you to come to me every single moment saying, God, I don't know what to do. So I can say, I'll give you what to do. I'll tell you what to do. And in the end, he gets all the glory. See, because you don't walk around thinking, you are all that. You recognize, I, I did a little bit today, but that was only because God helped me. And you never rob glory from God when you're in that place. I don't know about you, but I don't want to have a deformed hand in church. I don't want to be part of the people of God and still walk in darkness or still fail to fulfill God's purpose. And I'm hoping, as you heard the message this morning, that that's your heart as well. Would you stand with me? Jesus walked into that synagogue. He knew every thought he where they were at, and he focused on this one man. And then he said something to the man. He said, come and stand in the front. Think about that for a moment. Leroy, help me out for an illustration. He said, come. Now, for that few awkward moments, the man is standing before everybody, deformed hand and all. And Jesus is still carrying on the conversation. Was it a little bit awkward for the man? Maybe so. A little bit embarrassing? Maybe so. But because he obeyed Jesus to come, he walked out that day with his hand healed. Now listen, here's what I'm getting at. I really truly believe that as God put this word in my heart that there's some of us here today walked in with a deformed hand. Darkness in our understanding, failing to grasp spiritually what God has purposed and planned for our life, or not having the ability or not willing to work those things out and fulfill his purpose for our life. And as I've been speaking, you've been hearing the Lord saying to you, you need to come and stand. And it's in your coming and standing that you're going to have an opportunity to walk out healed today. So we're going to sing this a time or two. If you desire to come, come on down. If, have the courage to say, I'm stepping out because I need God to do what only God can do in my life today. I'm willing to acknowledge that. I have some deformity going on that I want God to heal me of in this moment. Pastor Jason. I'm, I really want to do that song one more time because as I'm just standing here, I hear the whisper of God telling me that there are my children here who have been hurt from previous ministry encounters. And as a result of that, you shut down. You're upset, you're frustrated, you're hurt, and you say, I'm not going to do this anymore because I don't want to risk being hurt anymore. And the Lord has instructed me to remind us it's about serving Him first and foremost. It's about fulfilling His purpose. Sometimes things may not work out the way you would like them to do. You may not even get the recognition you should get. But we do this for His honor and for His glory. And the Lord wants to heal you of that pain and that hurt to let it go so that you can get back to fulfilling his purpose for your life. So we're going to sing that just one more time. 
You come if God's talking to you, and then we're going to close in a word of prayer. Pastor Jason. Father, we come before you this morning. And we want to begin with thanksgiving, Lord. Thank you for visiting this place with your spirit today. You are here today, oh God, to, to minister in, as a way, in a way that only you can, Lord. We have this deformity going on. We have this deformed hand in that some of us uh, have been failing to truly grasp spiritually what's going on and what you have purposed and planned for our life. We just don't get it. We just don't understand. We hear week after week. We physically hear the messages, but somehow, some way, our understanding is still darkened. We can't grasp it. We need you to speak a word today so that we might stretch forth our hand and leave this place with an understanding that can only come through the power of the Most High God. Open understandings here today, Father. Bring such clarity to the hearts of your people, I pray. And some of us, oh God, uh, we, we, we're in that place that we, we just haven't been working out, doing that which you've purposed and planned for our life, oh God. Maybe we're in total inactivity, or maybe we've been active in other areas that because we've been running from the, the very thing that we know you want us to do. God, we want our life to bring honor and glory to your name. And we recognize that can only happen if we are giving ourselves to fulfilling not our purpose, but your purpose. It's why you created us. And so I pray this morning for every single one, those at this altar, oh God, and all of us in general are your people. May we be a people who are given over 100% to fulfilling your plan for our life, oh God. It's why you created us, oh God. And it's the only way that we could truly honor you and bring glory to your name. So we thank you. Speak that word today that we are going to stretch forth and walk in obedience to all that you have purposed and planned so that our lives can reflect that which you desire, oh God, your very glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together and bless the Lord.